Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flipping Bats. Man, do we have a lot to talk about today. Kodai Senga has signed with the New York Mets because, of course, he signed with the New York Mets. We're going to break down that wild and weird and wacky trade that happened between the Braves, the A's, and the Brewers and name that free agent. The Bogarts moved to San Diego. What are the Red Sox doing? We got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Start the show already. Man has a lot been happening around the game of baseball. And I feel like, Alex, a lot has been happening in our lives over the last few days. You went to New York. I, did. I went up to Seattle. What were you even doing in New York? Lots of fun things. All the activities. <laughs> I have a lot of friends and uh, co-workers in New York. One you might know, Gabby Wooten. It was her oh, birthday yeah. weekend. So we had a fun, fun time. We went and saw a Broadway show. We went to fight night. We wow. yeah met a lot of really happy Met fans and Yankee <laughs> fans. So we we had a time. Got to tour SNL studios yesterday. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. You know what I did in Seattle? What'd you do? I faced Shohei Otani. In explain. The box. Explain. I Go into explain. detail. I will. I'll, I'll explain. Um, it wasn't actually Shohei. Okay. Okay. But it, it was. You know, it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> Let me explain. I went up to Drive Line in Seattle, where they have um, an awesome facility and. Uh, plenty of people, a lot of major leaguers work out there, a lot of college guys. It's a really cool facility. But they have this pitching machine in there that's called the iPitch machine. That's what they call it. iPitch, kind of like iPhone. But it can do whatever you want. Whatever pitch from whatever pitcher you want it to throw, it can throw. So I went up there to do um, to do this thing for, for NHK in Japan and they had it set up for me to face Shohei. And not just, like, it was everything he has, right? So it was his new turbo sinker that's 100 miles an hour. It was actually 99.8 miles an hour. The exact velocity he throws it on average, the exact movement, the exact horizontal movement, vertical, everything. It was Shohei Otani's sinker. Also saw his slider, which we had, it was set to 92 miles an hour. I mean, it was insane. Now... Let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that I, I'm not a bad baseball player. I played professionally <laughs> for five years. I was an All-American in college. I can hit. Uh, <clears throat> how'd you do? It, it's, it's impossible Ooh. to hit Shohei Otani. 
I love this. I don't understand. I, I love don't, this for you. I don't understand I love this for you. how you're supposed to do it. I, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> the sinker is coming in at 99.8 miles an hour, and it's it's moving. I, I posted a bunch of videos of it. Here's a video, if you're watching, of just this is just me standing in the box and 99.8 going by me before I even swing. All right. Before I even swing the bat, just looking at it. So I get in and I know I'm facing sinkers and it's like, I, I can't, it's so fast and moving so much and in and down on your hands. So my hands were destroyed within three swings because when I was making contact, it wasn't painful. going great. It yeah. was very painful. Like, I think the first time I made contact of the day, I broke my back. Uh, yeah, I was like, how low on the barrel were you? I I, I think it hit all. I, I'm not exactly sure. It felt like on my hands, it, it felt like I hit it off the end of the bat. Okay. Because then, then I broke the bat because it was broken already. So naturally had to finish off the break because it kind of looks cool when you snap a bat over your leg, you know? And then, and then they started throwing his slider. And here you can see a few of these these swings. I get sinker down and in, slider away. Uh, I was doing this my normal leg kick, but it is a pitching machine, so naturally had I did get one. I hit that one pretty hard. But I, I was doing this leg <laughs> kick. I had to cut it down and stop doing a leg kick because it's a pitching machine and it's also 100 miles an hour. I finally got one, crushed one, but it was it was an experience and. All in all, I saw 99.8 sinker, 100.4 four seam, which is like rising and cutting. It's yeah. not just straight. And then his slider. And I don't understand how when you see all of those together, how you're supposed to to hit it because I sure didn't. It, it, it was the full swing and miss and spin around for me that really – brought me joy there but I gotta ask you was this a dream come true I mean we all know your love for Shohei like you have a full segment <laughs> on the show weekly yeah. about how great he is and you got an opportunity to kind of be a player and face him yeah I, I was now, it a dream come true I know what it's like stepping in the box against him all right it's cool and it was it was a really cool experience obviously I um would want to face him to see like, yeah. you know, he's just been so dominant over the last few years. And, um, it was, it was really cool. And I walked away understanding why people don't hit him. Yeah. And it just like, you have a hundred moving this way. You have a hundred moving this way. You have 93 moving like a Frisbee. It's like, it's insane. It shouldn't be possible to hit him, but some people do, but not often. And it was definitely a really cool experience being up there and, and facing him. Really cool. Yeah, that's rad. So look at look at us. Look at us having fun on the weekends during fun. the off season. Uh, but while I was up there, yes. Okay. Well, let me say this. This I do have another story from being up there, but it has to do with the Mets' big signing over the week. Kodai Senga has officially joined the New York Mets. Five years, seventy-five million dollars, coming over from the NPB in Japan. He throws hard. He has a nasty fork ball. This guy is a stud, and it's a great signing for the New York Mets. Now, the story that I do have from being up at Driveline is, is my, my friend that was showing me around up there. Um, we were talking about Kodai. Yeah. And because I knew, you know, he's been up there to Driveline, and I know he's 
they know a lot about him. So before the Mets even signed him, I was like, hey, is this guy, is this guy the real deal? Mm-hmm. Is he, is he going to be a stud? And he goes, yes. He, he can throw hard, but that it doesn't play su- it doesn't play like a super plus plus fastball, but he has a fork ball that grades as the best fork ball that Ooh. my buddy has ever seen. And he he's like he works in baseball, he works at driveline, he played in major league baseball, he played in Japan. He said it's the best fork ball that he has ever seen. Okay. So that's a that's a good sign. And you're if you're at if you're at driveline where all they do is grade pitches and somebody's saying yeah. this is this is the one of the greatest pitch. ones I've it's, ever seen. It's yeah. it's a big deal. So Kodai Sanga coming over. Um that that fork ball that he throws that is so nasty that they talk highly Ooh. about that we see right here in the wall if you're watching. It is known in Japan as the ghost. Ooh. I want a pitch called the ghost. Yeah. How nasty no one sees it. do nasty. you have to have a pitch for it to be known wow. as the ghost? Are you kidding me? That's just great. So the Mets are getting Kodai Senga. They're getting a pitcher that can top out close to 103 miles an hour, and they're getting a pitcher that throws a pitch known as the ghost. That's that's pretty nasty. So he was nasty coming over from Japan, 11 years over there at the in the MPB with the Hawks. He was 87 and 44, a 2.59 ERA, and last year he was 11 and 6 with a 1.94 ERA, 156 strikeouts in 144 innings, more strikeouts than innings pitched, which is always a good sign. So I really like this for the Mets. I think um, if he is what what we're expecting, I think he's a one, maybe a two guy for a lot of teams in Major League Baseball. But for this New York Mets team, he's going to slide in there at that number three spot. What a great pickup. Which is crazy. This is great for the Mets, not only because they just picked up a great pitcher, but they just picked up a whole new fan base in Japan and a whole bunch of advertising opportunities. As we saw when the Angels got Shohei Otani, I mean, this is a brilliant marketing not just for the team obviously it's great for the team to have a player of this caliber and have a pitcher like this but to bring in that Japanese fan base to the Mets franchise on a a bigger scale yeah when you get a pitcher like this who is a star over there this is big Uh, this is this is huge We, we know obviously Steve Cohen and the Mets are, are not afraid to spend money. This might have been their their biggest <laughs> steal of uh, this free agent signing and acquiring over the last couple of weeks because they're going to get some great payback for this signing and for their money. A lot of bang for your buck with this one. You you mentioned the payroll, yeah, right? And it's just become so abundantly clear that Steve Cohen just doesn't care. You know, no. before the before the Kodai Senga signing, the Mets were were past their their the top tax threshold. You oh, know, yeah. the top luxury tax threshold. They they had which they is anything over two hundred and ninety three million dollars. Right. They'll have to pay a ninety percent luxury tax. Do you know where they're at right now? Right. Yes. So <laughs> so this signing, the Kodai Senga signing. Was all they were already past it, right? Yeah. So if they were going to sign him or anybody else, yeah, they were gonna have to pay, they as in Steve Cohen, a 90% tax on that. 
So you sign Kodai Senga for $75 million. Over five years, guess what? 90% on that. If it was if it was a hundred million dollar signing, you're paying ninety million dollars in taxes. Yes. Which is insanity. Yes. So the Mets currently are set up to pay four hundred and fourteen million yeah. nine hundred and ninety-seven thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars in real payroll and tax penalties next season. But that's including the luxury tax because their payroll before the luxury tax highest in Major League Baseball history at three hundred and forty five million dollars right around there. So the number you said is just the extra that they are paying in luxury tax. Anyone that they signed after they signed your brother, which was quite a few players to name in Nimmo, Quintana, Robertson and Senga, all of those counted towards the luxury tax. Like it's, it, it's, when you put that number, it's hard to fathom. It is. It's truly wild. And I the just the tax bill alone. Yeah. Okay. Just the tax bill for Steve Cohen. Yeah. Is seventy five million dollars. Yep. Which is higher than six teams' payroll. Yeah. In Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uncle Steve just does not care. No. See, I take this as Uncle Steve is committed to winning. Oh, and I, he will do I whatever agree. it takes to win. And Met fans got to be over the moon. You got to think about it. Seats are going to be filled. Games are going to be sold out. You're going to get prime time, like, national yeah. spots throughout the entire season. You're going to sell so many jerseys, merchandise. You got to spend money to make money. And this this move by, is such a power move by, by Steve Cohen, but I love Every bit of it. You, I, I abs- it is absolutely a look. He is like the nineteenth richest man in in the world. The richest MLB owner too. Oh yeah, by yeah, far by the far. richest MLB owner. He has all the. He has tons of money, and and this has become a passion project for him. He wants to win. That's what he wants to do. He loves the game of baseball. He wants to win and he's willing to do it. And does Steve Cohen have more money than every other owner? Yes. But are all these other owners billionaires? Yes. Majority. All but a handful that are billionaires. So spend like you're enjoying it. Spend like you're wanting a major league baseball team to win. That's what baseball needs. That's what sports needs is an owner coming in that is worth billions of dollars saying, yeah, this is a passion project for me. I want to win and I want to win at all costs, no matter what it takes. And and that's, that's okay. I feel like so many owners come in and, and, and fans just justify it by saying, well, yeah, these guys are billionaires for a reason. This is a, this is a business venture. Well, you're owning a sports team, and I feel like there's an obligation to a fan base to put a winning product out on the field. Like you can't be doing what the Oakland A's are doing cool. when you're when you're worth a billion dollars. And we'll get in we'll get, we'll get in more of the later. A's in, in a little while. But it's just it's so frustrating. But Steve Cohen is committed to winning. He wanted to own a baseball team because he loves baseball and he wants to win, and he is doing that. They created a tax. A tax threshold just for him, the Steve Cohen tax, which he had to say about that. It's better than having a bridge named after you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that so much. But you have to think about it. These billionaires that are owning these sports teams, this isn't their main source of revenue. This right. is their passion projects, as you mentioned. And most of the time, they're 
ending the season, ending the year on a loss. This is their their write-off for all of their other businesses. Like that's the craziest thing when you think about it. This they're not making money until they sell the team. Yep. You're you're just building the value of the team by like when you buy a house, you want to put money into the house. You want to redo the house, lift it up so when you sell it, the equity goes up, and then you make money on the house. That's what you do. You got to build a franchise and to get it there, you got to put the time and effort and the money into that franchise. Right. He's doing that. And there's nothing wrong with living in that house for a little while and having fun oh, while yeah. doing it. And decades. that's what he's doing. Living in the house for decades. He owns a team. He wants to win with it. And he's going to leave it more valuable than he bought it for. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Go win. Uncle Steve is doing that. Well, he hasn't. he's not winning yet. But he's putting a product out on the field that is definitely a winning product. And he added to that. Yeah, he did. He so- added to that with Brandon Nimmo. Eight years, $162 million. He just keeps adding to this team. But I, I really like I really like Brandon Nemo a lot. I like the signing. I think on the surface, if you just look at baseline numbers, right? Brandon Nemo's not jumping off the paper saying, Oh, he's eight years, $162 million. Come on, like what are what are we doing? No, no, no. Brandon Nemo is a stud. I love this signing. Yes, 269 career average, 385 on base percentage. This guy gets on base a ton. He is the heart and soul of the New York Mets team. He's always hustling. He plays great defense. He's in the 90th percentile in outfield defense, which is a huge improvement from where he was when he came into the league. Um, he He's a great leadoff hitter. He puts pitches in pitchers. I mean, this guy is is a very valuable piece to now the New York Mets, but would have been to anybody. And I, I like the signing a lot, and it's just more more money being spent. I, I mean, when you when you look at the team that the Mets are putting together right now, the amount of money that they're spending, biggest payroll in MLB history, at this point, you have to ask yourself, it's got to be World Series or bust. You got to get there. That I mean, if you don't get to the World Series with this roster, I think it's personally a failure. You got to get there. Obviously, you want to win it, but you have the rotation. You have the lineup. You're spending all the money in the world to make it happen. It's here. Now you just got to you got to complete the mission. Yeah. I I agree with you. I I do think um I think this team needs to win a National League championship yeah. and and get to the the World Series with a, with a payroll like this. It kind of becomes like of course, like what is this all for? You're not doing this to get into the playoffs. No. That's not the goal. Sure, maybe it maybe it has been in years past because we've heard well the Mets, they they always they always met. Well, no, okay, no, you can't like, met with this. we got we got to we got to put that time yeah. behind us. They they got to the playoffs last year. They won over a hundred games. Steve Cohen is now a good bit into his his time there in New York, and he's continued to spend his investment. And if you were to sit here right now and say, "Hey, Steve, your team's going to make the playoffs next year," Are you pumped up about it? He's no. going to go, "Hell no! No, we better, we better be in the World Series. I'm spending enough money to do that." So. Yep. This is a team on paper that is more than capable uh, of getting there. They're extremely talented. They have a rotation that added Justin. It added Quintana. It added Mm -hmm. Kodai Senga. So now look at that rotation that is now undoubtedly, in my opinion, better than last year. Yep. Because last year you had a three at the top of the rotation of of DeGrom, Scherzer, and and who, who am I missing? Chris Bassett. Right. 
But look, this rotation now, you have Justin, you have Max, you have Kodai Senga in a three spot. You have Jose Quintana at four. You have Carlos Carrasco at a five. This rotation is insane. Not to mention one of the best closers in the game. Correct. Yeah. like Who, you're, who they gave an unprecedented contract to at the beginning of the offseason. Yep. So you pair those guys with – the best closer in the game of baseball. I know. it's Now, the other question is, because now they have the highest payroll in baseball, we're all talking about it, it's World Series or bust, what kind of pressure does this add to the team? Now, they do have amazing veteran support, obviously, starting at the manager position with Showalter. I think he's a great leader on this team. We talked about it. He might have been the best offseason acquisition last, last year. Last year, yeah. Um, but now you add your brother, who is the reigning Cy Young winner and veteran on this pitching staff, along with Scherzer. And now you have – it's just – can they keep it together? Will the pressure get to them? That's the biggest question. I think the pressure more so comes of, like, the hump that they need to get over as a team. I don't think you sit out there on the field and say, man, our owner's spending so much money. That's a lot of pressure on us. I think it becomes, hey – We've found a way over the last decade to to either not be good or fall apart when we are good. Now we have the team more than capable of getting over that hump. Let's do it. Yeah. And and I, I think they're more than capable of doing it. I sat here, what was it a week ago when Justin signed with the Mets? And you asked me, are the Mets the team to beat in yeah. the National League East? And I said, as it currently sits. I don't I don't think so. Like I, I still think look, the the Mets to that point had lost DeGrom and added Justin. Does that immediately make them better than a team that has won the NL East the majority of the times in the last, you know, five years or, or whatever it is at this point? I didn't think so. But I said a couple of things. I said one, I know for a fact the Mets are not done. Yeah. This team is a, is a team that you, you will not be seeing the same roster on opening day that you saw a week ago. I knew that. I said that. And it didn't take me long to be proven yeah. right. Steve Cohen went out and had plenty. And, and that's why I believe that they are now the best team in the NL East. I do believe that oh, they same. are the team to beat in the same. NL East. And Alex, I also believe as we transition into our winners and losers of the winter meetings, yeah, the Mets are mine. Oh, for all down. of the reasons that I've we have both been talking about over the last however long, the winter meetings, in my opinion, the winner is the New York Mets. The big signing being Justin at the beginning of the winter meetings. They went on to make some other signings that I'm not quite sure whether we're classifying as winter meeting signings or not because the line gets a little weird there. But even if it's signed a few days after the winter meetings, it could still be because they got there, they talked, and then they got a deal done. But you look at the signings, you have Justin, you have Brandon Nimmo, you have Jose Quintana, two years, $26 million. David Robertson, a much needed and necessary pickup for that bullpen who has been great um, over the last uh, last year. He was great. Edwin Diaz. I mean, they've totally revamped their team. They did a lot of it over the winter meetings. And for me, the New York Mets are the winners of the winter meetings. Yeah. Hands down, the Mets are the winner of the winter meetings. For every reason we just talked about in the beginning of the show, 
every reason you just gave. It's hard to compete with what they just did. So because they are the number one, I'm, I'm going to go with the number two okay. winner of the winter meetings. And I think it's the Phillies. Huge pickup Good pick. with Trey Turner. Once they get Bryce Harper back, the combo of the two of them together in that lineup is just absolutely ridiculous. He is only going to add to the chemistry to a team we just saw in the World Series, and we're so close having that opportunity. A team that we didn't even think at the end of the regular season were going to be able to do it got all the way there. They have this special spark chemistry with that team. And they also added some pitching as well. They have Taiwan Walker, Matt Strom. They still have a couple more pieces yeah. they need to put together. But I definitely think they are the second team to win the winter meetings. They had, they had. Um, I don't want to say a ton of holes, but they had very noticeable yes. holes. And Trey Turner filled the one perfectly. Taiwan Walker is a great addition. Um, they still need bullpen help, but Trey Turner is the perfect fit there. And I was saying it all along and needed to happen. Everybody eventually felt like it was going to happen. It did happen. Phillies are doing big things and are in a really good position and are spending as well over there in Philly. So I like that pick. Yeah. Let's do our loser. Oh. Losers. No, it's loser. loser? We're, we're on okay. the same. My we are on the same page. Of the winter meetings is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Literally, I, what? I don't I don't what? understand. Show us. <laughs> um you have a roster right now that is more more <sighs> than capable of winning and you lose your shortstop, you lose Trey Turner, you lose Walker Bueller to an injury. You have very noticeable holes and what are you doing this offseason in the winter meetings? Nothing. Not a peep. Oh, Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward, your big signing. What are we doing there? Come on. Like Cody Bellinger out the door, no longer the Cody Bellinger, that MVP Cody Bellinger, but you bring and then Jason Jason Hayward comes in and that's the the addition we're talking about right now. I don't understand what the Los Angeles Dodgers are doing. As of right now, what they're doing is watch the Padres and the New York Mets surpass them in the National League and become on paper a better team than they are, which shouldn't be possible because all you needed was, was a, a signing. Sign a shortstop. And I, I'm not saying they can't do that. They certainly could. Carlos Correa out there, Dansby Swanson out there. Are they going to do that? I don't know. If not, what's the answer? Probably moving Gavin Lux over to shortstop. And then, but if you sign a shortstop, then you're having two plus players at a spot. Instead of moving Gavin Lux over to shortstop and then having a little bit of a hole at second base, just I, I don't understand. The lineup has the capability of being so good with the addition of a, another bat or two, but it seems like they're just letting that go by the wayside. I don't understand. The Los Angeles Dodgers for me so far this offseason have been the biggest loser of all. And unfortunately, I agree with you. And I am so hopeful as a Dodger fan that they are just doing some secret undercover magic that we're not hearing about because they haven't been in the conversation for any of the big free agents on the market right now. We're not hearing any rumors yeah. or whispers of them going hard in the paint for any of these big names. Like, yeah, we talked about Carlos Correa. We think that would be a great fit, but... It's also come out that they don't believe fan base right. would accept him the same way. They Dansby had a Swanson, with Justin, but that's really that, all we heard about. Yeah, it. just a meeting. Uh, Dansby Swanson 
kind of like they're like loosely you hear in rumors in the mix, but nothing hard. And that's so uncharacteristic of the Dodgers. And especially coming off a season where you were the the best team in baseball, the fastest. I, just, I, mm, I am secretly hoping they're doing things that we're not hearing about. And then we're just going to be shocked here in a couple of weeks. The- I'm going to be hopeful. Los Angeles Dodgers are my loser so far of the offseason. But okay. the only way that any of this is at all acceptable is if the Dodgers are doing the following. Getting their roster in a position to get under, under the luxury tax, mm-hmm. kind of rein things back in a little bit, get a lot of money off the books, and go after Shohei Otani. Whoa. That's a hot take. I think they're. I think they're doing that. That's a hot take. That that's my. That is my like, assumption. Because what midseason trade? What? Well, I think that kind of depends on if if the Angels are in a position. The there's a lot of question marks around the Angels right now, right? Well, yeah. Like who's going to um, be the new owner at the start of the season? Who's going to be the owner's a great start? Um, are they going to be any good? Because there is a there is a play here where the Angels could be decent. They've added some bats. They've added some arms. Can they be good? Can they be healthy with Rendon playing back to what we saw with him in the Nationals? I, I don't know. That's part of the question as well here. So maybe a midseason trade. If not, he is a free agent at the end of the regular season. And then the Dodgers go all in on him. I do think that could be a possible play here. I think they could be taking this year with still a talented team that will very much so compete, but getting getting that roster that was expensive back under control a little bit Mm -hmm. so that they can throw a bucket of cash, multiple buckets of cash to Shohei Otani and get him to LA on the other side of LA. Not even out. He's in Anaheim, but you know what I'm saying to, to the Dodgers. So that would be the only way that this is at all acceptable. What the Dodgers are doing. If you're doing it to go after Shohei Otani, if you're not doing what you're doing right now to go after Shohei Otani very soon, then what are you doing? This is a massive failure of an off season. I'm just trying to justify it by, by saying that could possibly be what they're doing, but who knows? I don't know. Let's stay in the NL West. Okay. Padres. Yeah. Down the freeway. Look at my shirt. Oof. You see it? I'm wearing a Xander Bogart shirt. I mean, they've been the making all the moves or trying to make all the moves, and that is the first one that stuck. It is. It and is. Shout out to the Padres love for, for making it happen because that team and, and their division that has been their Padre for the better part of for, for a, a decade <laughs> is is not going in the right direction uh-uh. while the Padres are. And guess what? They're coming off of a playoffs where they beat them. They got the last lap. In, in a big series, in a in a rivalry that only the Padres thought it was a rivalry. Guess what? We now have on our hands a rivalry. The Padres knock them out of the playoffs. The Dodgers win one game in the playoffs. The Padres continue to get better this offseason. Xander Bogarts, 11 years, $280 million to the Padres. Fernando Tatis coming back at some point. This roster is incredible and the Dodgers aren't going in the right direction they're going in opposite directions right now so I really like this for the Padres and here's why I have a lot to talk about here one I was on a a tweet firestorm the night this happened because for for a cornucopia of reasons right you hear oh the Padres signed Xander Bogars to 11 years 280 million dollars there's people out there 
Better saying, oh my God, 11 years, $280 million. What are you doing? That's a bad signing. He's not worth it. Let me make one thing very, very clear. This isn't your money. It's just the team that you root for. So you want that guy on your team. And if it's not the team that you root for, then you're just justifying your team not getting him by feeling better saying they overpaid for a guy. Who cares? The owner's worth billions of dollars. He doesn't care about a few extra million dollars or a few extra years to sign a guy. They got a stud shortstop and the Red Sox do not. He's now in San Diego and that's all that matters. Here's my tweet. One of many that night. Anyone saying player X, Get it? X. Player X isn't worth that much money. One, it's not your money. Two, these owners are billionaires. Three, them paying this much money clearly tells you how profitable owning a baseball franchise really is. And four, go get players. No excuses. I love what the Padres are doing. They were in hard on Trey Turner for $360 million. They were in hard for Aaron Judge at $400 million. And then they pivoted to the next best option, which is Xander Bogarts, who is a stud this offseason. He's a stud in his career. He was a big free agent pickup for them. And I absolutely love it. Is 11 years, $280 million steep? Yeah, to us it sure would be. If you have billions of dollars, who cares? In 11 years when he's making $25 million a year, the average stud in Major League Baseball will probably be making a million, $100 million a year at that point. What does an owner care about $25 million a year when you can get five years of a guy in his prime, an all-star that is an absolute stud? I love the pickup for the Padres, and anybody saying it's a steep price, just be quiet. It's not your money. <laughs> Deep breath. That Seriously. was great. Thank no, you. but the Padres needed a win here. You mentioned it. They went big after Aaron Judge and Trey Turner, and they got denied by both of them. Xander Bogarts is a big pickup. And when you look at the top of the Padres lineup right now, oh. it is insane. Once Fernando Tatis Jr. is back, you got Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts. One through four is insane for any starting pitcher to face, any, any pitcher to face. Like, they are going to be unstoppable they should be unstoppable and I think they have the best lineup in the NL West right now yeah I I I have no uh, they have the best lineup in the NL West and there's an argument that they have the best lineup in the game of baseball which I sat here what a week or so ago and said the Phillies do yeah and then they the Padres go out and add Xander Bogarts and I still think there's an argument for the Phillies you just look how deep I mean Alec Alec Bohm and Nick Castellanos are yeah. down there in like the seven spot. It's like, that's, that's insane. So the depth there, but the, the top four, five guys that the Padres are going to have in their lineup is perhaps the best that we have ever seen. I mean, yeah. good Lord, Fernando yeah. Tatis, when he does come back, as, as you said, Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, that's just a scary. insane all-star team. That's scary. What are we even ta- – how is that even possible? Right? That's what it's, I'm saying. It's like having an MLB The Show team and you have trade you, – you know, you have like computer trade generator yeah. off and yes. they accept whatever you send yes. their way and you can just build whatever lineup you want. That's what they're doing. Padres add Xander Bogarts. I absolutely love the move. You got to give them extra years to to get them out of the uh, to get them out of Boston. You had to go a little above and beyond, and they did just that. Padres got their guy. Red Sox lose their guy, which 
brings me to another point that I might get equally as heated about. Yeah, what are you doing as a big market team letting your top players go? You know what? what we should have known. We should have known when the Red Sox traded away Babe Ruth. <laughs> we should have known. It's forever. been a theme. It's forever. We should it, it was a writing on the wall. Like, right? Mookie Betts. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And we didn't believe them. Yeah, we saw we, back we in, did it. In, in 1914 who <sighs> the Red Sox really were. I, They're oof. a team that would trade Babe Ruth I'm sorry. for $100,000 in sorry, cash. Sorry, Boston fans. That's and tough. then fast forward 100 years, and what do you have? Oh, we have this We have this homegrown guy, Mookie Betts. Yep. He's an MVP. Uh, no, out of town. Bye. We're not going to pay you when, when we should have paid you. Oh, Xander Bogarts, a homegrown guy? Nope out of town and the theme becomes you're not paying guys when they should be paid Xander Bogarts would the Red Sox have had to pay 11 years 280 million dollars to keep him well or would they have done that I don't know maybe not but guess what when you should have re-signed him last year wrapped up your guy to a long-term deal you didn't do it because you couldn't get it done and it's the same thing that happened with Mookie Betts and I'm not quite privy to the negotiations with, with Babe Ruth and how that went down, but probably the same way. I mean, it's getting ridiculous what this fan base is having to endure. Luckily, they've won multiple titles over the course of, you know, over the course of the last decade plus. But that's the only saving grace here because it's been ridiculous the way that they are treating their own players, their own fan base when these owners are like we've been talking about with all of these other teams billionaires that have the money to do it I don't understand why they're not doing it it's now it's now become a theme and it's now going to become a problem for them to re-sign Rafael Devers because oh, yeah. he's he knows everything that's happening here he saw how they treated Mookie Betts when he said he wanted 200 million and the, and the Red Sox wouldn't meet it and then he said oh I want 300 million Red Sox wouldn't meet it and then the Dodgers become in play and then the, the Red Sox are then like, oh, we'll get to 200. Oh, okay, I guess we'll get to 300. No, it's too late. Do it when you have to do it to show your guy that you care about them. Yep. Who cares about anything else? Show your guys. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. That you care about them and show your fan base that you care about their favorite player. Don't keep shipping their favorite players out of town because you waited too long to get a deal done. And that's what happened with Xander Bogarts. That's what happened with Mookie. And it's becoming a theme. And you can't let it happen again with Rafael Devers. But who right now is believing that the Red Sox will do the right thing by Rafael Devers? I know he's not. I know no. the fan base isn't. And I know I'm not. No. And, and it's like this is a big market team. Owner worth around $4 billion. The Yankees owner is also worth around $4 billion. So it's like you have the money. Owners need to be spending the money. We talked about it earlier with Steve Cohen and what he is doing. You got to spend money to make money, to sell tickets, to have fans in the stands, to buy new jerseys. You're ultimately doing the opposite thing. 
you're upsetting your fan base. You're not getting a new flashy big player that fans want to come see to fill your seats. I, I feel sad for the for the Red Sox fan base. Ultimately, it is, they are being I'm done. Sorry. It feels like they're being done dirty. It, it yeah. does. Like you bring in Trevor's story, bring in a little excitement because, oh, my God, think how you compare those two. No, it turns out Trevor's story is just the replacement guy. Just rinse, repeat with all of their main stars. And it is it's frustrating. And this tweet from Ty Anderson, extremely weird to watch the Padres spend nine hundred and twenty million on three players while the Red Sox let the core of the greatest team in franchise history walk for magic beans and comp picks in real time. It's true. So who cares? Um, Pay him when you should have gotten it done is my feeling here. We should have seen it coming. Mm -hmm. And when they traded, when they traded Babe Ruth for a hundred thousand dollars in cash, it sent the Red Sox (laughs) into 80 something years of irrelevance. And, yeah. and it's frustrating because it seems like they're they're just sending away a core that they that they walked into. They had this core together, and it's just next thing you know, they're all out the door for for what should have been a, a signing for a long, long time and keeping that core together. So it, it's frustrating. When people show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And speaking of trades, I know we, I know we talked earlier about that we have a lot more to talk about with the A's. Yeah. We have a lot more to talk about with this trade Oof. that went Oof. down yesterday, a.k.a. Monday, between the Braves, the A's, and the Brewers. Now, this has taken me a long time to come to terms with because I was watching it yesterday just thinking, this feels weird. What what exactly is happening here and, and why and, and who's doing it and and what's going on behind the scenes here? And finally, all the names came out, and I still felt that way. <laughs> and I slept on it. Not a not a ton of sleep because we're up early, up early doing this live episode here, flipping bats because dedication. That's what we do here. And World Cup. And and yeah. Yeah. And World Cup. <laughs> um, but I, I a little a little more thoughts came to my head that I could finally speak about, other than just this doesn't make sense to me. So let me let me talk about this trade. Let me just break it down real quick. Three-team tra- trade, right? The biggest prize possession that was involved in this is Sean Murphy, who is going from the A's to the Braves, okay? So the Braves land Sean Murphy. That's their guy. That's what they got. The A's land Manny Pena, catcher Kyle Muller, Freddie Tarnock, Roy Salinas, and, and that's all from Atlanta. They also landed Ruiz from the Brewers, who it appears to be like he could be a, a good prospect. He's very, very fast, and could he be a super utility guy in the big leagues? Sure. A's land that, but they get Ruiz from the Brewers, Pena, Muller, Tarnock, and Salinas, all from the Braves. The Brewers, I don't even know how they ended up in this. The Brewers land William Contreras, Justin Yeager, and Joel Payamaps. Joel. They landed Joel. Okay. I don't understand how the Brewers ended up a part of this, and they ended up with an absolute steal because all they did was send Ruiz to the A's and landed William Contreras, Jaeger, and Joel. What? <laughs> so let's further break this down, okay? From the Atlanta Braves perspective, you land Sean Murphy, 
Great. Great acquisition. You had a plethora of catchers. I, I don't love this if I'm the Atlanta Braves. Yes, massive upgrade, massive upgrade defensively at catcher, which is invaluable, right? And he's going to throw out a bunch of guys, and he's actually come a long, long way offensively. He's in the top five in a lot of categories for catchers offensively. Sean Murphy is a stud, but you give up Manny Pena, who could be a, a, a good catcher. You give up two stud pitchers in the farm system, which the Braves farm system was almost non-existent. It is not a good farm system. Now you're giving away a, a I think Kyle Muller is good. I think Tarnock is, is going to be really good. And, and Salinas is a, I mean, I just, I, I think they gave up a lot to get Sean Murphy when they already had two adequate catching options. And I, I just, I do like Sean Murphy. I will say that I think right now it helps the team, but I just think they gave up a lot to do it for when you had two adequate catchers that aren't as good defensively, but you can DH one, you can catch one just felt like a steep price, but all in all grade for the Braves. If I was given grades, I don't know, probably a C plus Sean Murphy's a great upgrade. Uh, just gave up a lot to do it. C plus B minus in that range On to the Oakland A's. <laughs> I, I, I'm so I'm so tired of this. Well, it's it's hard because they're what? They're the original Moneyball. It's what the movie was based off of. So we know they always make these crazy behind-the-scenes analytical moves, but they traded away their best player. And fun stat, they have one player left on their roster from the 2021 season. One. That's insane. And one. I, I am I'm tired of this with with the A's. And to be honest with you, I don't care what the haul back is. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. These players could turn out to be studs. And before they hit arbitration, the A's are going to trade them away, as they're doing with every single good player on their roster. It doesn't matter if any of these players were good. It doesn't matter what the Oakland A's got in return. Because the second any of them are any good, and before any of them hit arbitration, the A's are going to trade them away for more prospects. So what is the point? We're just falling into this lull of just, oh, the A's got a good haul. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The A's are an embarrassment to the game of baseball right now. Do better. Put some money into your team. Don't trade away all of your good players and then jack up season ticket prices and drive everybody away from the stadium. Oakland fans deserve a million times better. And I don't know if the goal here is to move the franchise to Vegas, but I don't, I don't care. You need a winning product, and they're not going about anything the right way. They are an embarrassment to the game of baseball, and anybody saying, well, the A's actually did pretty good in this return hasn't been watching over the course of the last five years because it doesn't matter if any of them are any good. They don't care if any of them are any good. Because if anybody does become any good, they're just going to trade them away and it's going to be rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat forever and they're never going to get anywhere. It's ridiculous what they're doing. It's an embarrassment what the Oakland A's are doing. And that's my perspective. I'm not even going to dive into to any of these prospects they're getting in return because it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't. They don't care. They don't want to put a winning product out there. They don't care about the team on the field. 
They don't care about the fans in the stands. All they care about is the bottom line, and there's no place for it in the game of baseball. It's frustrating. You don't have to spend like Steve Cohen. You don't have to spend like John Middleton in Philly. But you need to put a product on the field that's not literally capable of winning. It's, it's not going to win 70 games. Well, I'm curious now. What's going to drive fans to the stadium? Because it's definitely not the stadium. That is the grossest stadium in Major League Baseball. Nothing. It's not the roster because you just traded away all of your top players. What is it? The only thing that will drive fans to the to the stands is Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge. Visiting and, teams. And visiting teams. Yeah, that's coming it. Coming to town. It's embarrassing. It's it's ridiculous what they're doing. So I don't I don't I don't care about the A's Hall. Well, let's change your mood and play a fun game. Okay. Let yeah. me just mention real quick that the Brewers, yeah. their hall in the trade, legendary. There you go. I who they it's like they just lucked into like they just were just sitting there and the <laughs> Braves and the A's had a trade <laughs> and then the Brewers are like, Hey, hey, A's. We'll send you this guy. And the A's are like, oh, cool. We'll give you William Contreras. And and then next thing you know, they have William Contreras, Jaeger, and Joel. Winners. Winners. Absolute yeah. winners. Hashtag good for them. winning. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. Okay. Fun game right. time? Fun game time. Name that free agent. Name that free agent. All right. Alex is going to give me the last. And I hear it's last week got really hard. I hear it's getting Maybe even harder, just as hard as last week. But Alex is going to give me the three most recent teams of any free agent that I'm about to get, and I'm going to have to name that free agent. Are you ready for I our first so. one? Our first free agent? Yes. All right. Three most recent teams. Washington. Okay. Oakland. Chicago White Sox. Name that free agent. Washington. Go. Then Oakland, then the White Sox. Washington, then Oakland, then the White Sox. I think I, I Okay. Yeah. My guess here. Yeah. Uh, I have a guess here. I'm just not sure. No, well, I am. Because he was. Seven seconds sure. My guess. Josh Harrison. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Oh, all right. It's going to be wow. a good day. I hope so. It's going to be Last a great time day. I was told I wouldn't get any. I got one and then I went oh for the rest. So all that right. was difficult. Starting out strong. Starting out strong. Let's you ready? Go. Yep. Free agent number two. Last three most recent teams. Texas, Yankees, Baltimore. Rangers, the Yankees. Name Baltimore. that free agent. The Rangers, the Yankees, Baltimore. This is uh, Rufnet Odor. Yeah. Let's go. Whoa, roll, baby. How many seconds was that? Three seconds, four seconds. All right. Go. Let's just Punch keep it going. Around the world. I yep. love this. Ready? Yep. Two for two. Okay. Our third free agent. Last three teams. San Diego, Cincinnati, Boston. Name that free agent. San Diego, Cincinnati, Boston. San Diego, Cincinnati, Boston. Uh, 
I don't think I'm going to get this one. I have 13 seconds left. San Diego, Cincinnati, Boston. Have a little confidence. Throw a guess out there. Okay, so it's not it's not Hosmer because Hosmer go. did Three seconds. go to Cincinnati. I'm going to guess. Um, I'm not going to guess. Who You're not. Tommy right. Pham. Tommy Pham. You know what? Huh? Were you even thinking it? I probably should have gotten that. Yeah. For some reason, I just I, I just completely forgot about the the Reds, which right. I shouldn't have because of the whole fantasy football thing and the punch thrown and right? like all that happened when he was there. But for some reason, I thought, whatever. It's okay. Let's it let's move on to number four. Okay. Okay. Let that one go. I'm two for three. Not bad. Hall of Famer. All right. Free agent number four. His last three teams were Detroit, the Angels. And Seattle. Well, I should get this. Name Detroit, that free agent. Detroit, the Angels, and Seattle. Detroit, the Angels, and Seattle. Okay, the Angels is throwing me off. Detroit, Seattle is making me think Matthew Boyd. But the Angels, who went to the Angels? Detroit, the Angels, Seattle. Dang it. I think it's... Ah, wait. No. Go. I was, Jose Iglesias, but no. No. Uptown Funk. Justin Upton. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was over here going like this. I was like, I hope this doesn't give it away. I wasn't in that... I wasn't <laughs> anywhere in that direction. I was thinking like a pitcher. I was... Okay. In, uh, Jose Iglesias came into my mind at the very end, but he wasn't with Seattle, so... All right. Guess. All right. This is a big one. This is the last two one. Two for four. Yep. This is to either this is to either win. Yep. Or not have a win winning record much. or not have a winning record. Are this you ready? Is what separates the winners and the losers? Right. It here. is. Can Unless you do I it? it? Then I'll rephrase that. Free agent number five. Last three teams were the Angels, Arizona, and Texas. Name that free agent. This is Cole Calhoun. Yeah, it is. Yes! Let's go. What a day. Man, these See? were difficult. Um, Gonna be a good I feel day. I feel proud. Mm. I feel like I I feel that was pretty mm. good. Okay. Name that free agent. Uh time to grade myself. Um today feels like It was good. Today feels like an A. I missed um who were the two I missed? I missed Justin Upton and I missed Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. And you didn't even guess. You just went blank. Yeah, I should have. I I feel I wasn't gonna get um, Tommy Pham. Justin Upton probably eh, should have been closer. You're Detroit Pham. So I'm gonna knock myself a little bit. I'm gonna give myself an A minus. B plus. A minus. Eighty nine percent. A minus. <laughs> That's what I get okay. for today. All right. All right. Um. Is that is that is that it? That's it. Dang. That was fun. That was fun. We had a lot to talk about. So much. I mean a lot to talk it's about. It's been a great off season. Um the Mets doing what the Mets apparently do lately. A yeah. weird and wacky trade yesterday that I just it's very difficult to wrap my head around and it just makes me even matter. More mad, matter more matter at the Oakland A's. And just Xander Bogart stuff. This is a fun episode. It is. Now about. we're gonna be on, now we're on shortstop watch. See where Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson ends up. Swanson just got married to Mallory Pugh over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I think now that the wedding is done, we might get some more 
possible news. Just Maybe. throwing that out there. Carlos Rodon news starting to heat up. Yeah. So I, I will say this. By okay. next episode, I won't say that because you never know when we might need to do an emergency. Mm -hmm. by, by next week, this time, I think Carlos Rodon will be signed, and I think Carlos Correa will. Ooh. Be I think Dansby. I think Dansby goes after Correa. He will, and I think. Um, oh man, Correa to the Giants. Whoa. Or to Yankees. That's my. Whoa. Those are my two hot picks. I'm not shifting from Dodgers. The Dodgers. I think. I mean, be. I'm hopeful, but I there's no there's no buzz. There's no heat. All right. That's all we got. Okay. We're done. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a lot of fun. A lot has happened. This offseason feels like it's been a great offseason so far. It will keep rolling. There's plenty of big free agent names out there. Um, but for another episode of Flippin' Bats, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook, YouTube, all of them. You can watch every episode on YouTube. All the socials are at Flippin' Bats Pod. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace. See ya.